And the reason sometimes that they get worse first is because the body is finally trying to restore balance. And in doing that, there's typically, in a lot of cases, a lot of toxicity involved in that. Welcome to this week's episode of Healing Horses with Alicia. This is officially the first episode of 2024. Uh, When this gets released, we're just in the first week of a new year. So Happy New Year to all of you and your horses. It's also a time where we all start thinking about goals, resolutions. I think we all like the idea of hitting the reset button and starting over into a new year, especially if you've had a lot of challenges uh, in 2023. I always like the idea of getting started with making changes and improvements and recharging a little bit over the holiday season. So uh, in the spirit of the new year, I wanted to select a topic that gets all of you thinking about your horse's health goals for 2024. This is something I talk about every year in January. And in the last three or four years, I've run a free webinar series called Become Your Horse's Healer. And I'm going to be doing that again this year in mid-February, though. So I wanted to get the conversation started today. For those of you that are interested in doing that free webinar series, uh, make sure you go to your show notes on your favorite podcast player, scroll to the bottom, and there should be an opt-in link there where you can sign up to my email list. And so you'll be notified when the details are released about that webinar series. But today, I wanted to start talking about some of the things I talk about in that series because we are in the beginning of January. And that is setting expectations for your horse's health. And it's also one of the most common questions I get from students, clients, and horse owners everywhere, really. And that is, how long is this going to take? Like, if I do it this way, what can I expect to have happen? And I think that's a really fair question, especially if you're just new to taking a different approach, or perhaps you've been working on something with your horse for a little while, you haven't really gotten anywhere with it. I think one of the things that really stops us from taking action or sometimes sabotaging the plan is that we don't know what to expect. And when something happens that doesn't line up with our expectation, We often pull the plug and sometimes we do it a little bit too soon. So I wanted to talk today about patterns of healing, what you can kind of expect in a general sense. But at the end of the day, I wish I could just give every horse owner a roadmap and say, if you do this at this time, it's going to work for every horse in the world. And this is going to be the trajectory of healing to expect. And unfortunately, I can't do that. No healer or practitioner on the planet should be doing that because there is just no rules when it comes to healing. We can't make guarantees when it comes to healthcare. And sometimes it's because there's more going on there than we realize, know, or understand. And sometimes it's the horse's agenda. And I think when it comes to healing, there's a lot of other complexities that play a role here. We're not just looking at physical health. We're also looking at emotional health, spiritual health, and mental health. And sometimes those different areas of health don't line up very well. And so you may have everything dialed in perfectly for their physical health and you're doing everything right with their lifestyle. And there's still just something a little bit off. And one thing that maybe you haven't considered was, is there an emotional aspect to this? And vice versa, sometimes we think this is very 
emotional in the way it presents and it's actually physical, meaning that they are depleted in nutrition or they have some metabolic imbalances happening that's affecting brain chemistry. And so what we want to do is stay as open as possible. And when you are setting expectations for your horse, make sure they're reasonable too. So I'm going to go over some factors that you should consider before you start anything. And just so you're aware of where you're starting, if we're going to kind of make some goals for our horses, like where are we today? What does that look like? And not happy, but are we content if this goes slower than we thought? You know, and I think sometimes when we're setting expectations that aren't reasonable and then we don't get where we want to go fast enough, that's when we tend to go off course. Uh, we get a little bit desperate for solutions and that's when things often can start falling apart again. So I'm going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about kind of the patterns that I have recognized over the years that typically happen. And I don't know what's going to happen for each horse. Sometimes they surprise me too. But I know that most horses fit into these four sort of healing trajectories. One of them is you just get them started on a program and they just get better and everything just starts improving like immediately. And those are the best cases for everybody, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm on it. And everything about the situation tells you that you're doing the right thing, which makes us feel good, makes us know that we're doing the best thing for our horses. And then life just goes on and everybody's happy. And then we have the situations where the horse gets worse first. And that can happen more than you might realize. And it's during this period that if you don't know to expect that, you might want to pull the plug on the whole thing because you're like, whatever you did here made the horse worse. And the reason sometimes that they get worse first is because the body is finally trying to restore balance. And in doing that, there's typically in a lot of cases, a lot of toxicity involved in that. So the body's just trying to start the healing process. And when they when they first start that journey, a lot of fatigue can happen. So they get very tired, more tired than normal. Sometimes inflammation gets a little worse at first as well. And so if you're already dealing with, you know, a, a health situation where there is a lot of inflammation, like laminitis, for example, that can kind of scare you a little bit, right? Because we don't want them getting worse. And sometimes if I'm guiding the situation and I know to expect that, I just say, you just got to get them through it. You just got to hold space for a little bit here and let the body do what it needs to, because I know it's necessary to get to the other side. So if you're getting your horse started on something and they do get a little bit worse for the first week, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic because sometimes it's just part of the process. The other thing that can happen is they'll start improving for a little while and everything's going in the right direction, and then they get worse later. There was a time when I thought that detoxification only happened in the first 72 hours or the first week. I know for sure that's not the case anymore, just because of the number of horses that I've seen. You know, they get to a certain point, nothing's really changed. And I think the body just kind of relaxes a little bit and says, okay, I can start dumping a lot of the toxins that I've been holding on to now. And one, and I've noticed this for myself too. And one thing you have to keep in mind, if you're especially working with insulin resistant horses where they're heavier, they have a lot of fat to lose, they've got crests in their neck, those fat cells store a lot of toxins. 
So as that process goes and the fat still start shrinking, they are dumping a lot of toxicity into the body. Um, so for those of you humans that are on a weight loss journey, as I am right now, like you'll notice some days you're just not feeling very good, but it doesn't mean you sabotage the plan. It just means like just hold steady and see what the body needs to do. And sometimes that really requires us to trust. Just trust the body, trust your horse too. We don't want this to carry on for very long because sometimes in more complicated situations where there's a lot of digestive issues, perhaps, or there's food allergies, autoimmune issues, especially, sometimes what can happen is they start getting allergic to new things like their body just you need to keep rotating different things in their diet and their plan. So make sure you're working with somebody that can kind of guide you through that. So that's always a possibility as well. The other situation, so that's the first two where they're immediately improving or they get worse first or they get worse into the journey a little bit. And then there's also the gradual improvement where things start happening slowly. So this can really throw people off that are just naturally impatient. We want results and we want them in the first 24 hours. And there's a lot of things to consider when we're setting those expectations, which I'm going to get to. But sometimes gradual improvement's okay. It's just okay. If the body needs to take its time in restoring balance, that's just fine. And sometimes I think what happens for humans and also for horses is the body just has to learn to trust you that you're not going to pull the carpet out from underneath it, that what changes you've made either with better nutrition or better lifestyle, things you're doing for stress management, the body just really has to trust that this is permanent. Like you're, we're really staying here so I can heal, I can rest and heal and I don't have to worry about some sort of trigger that's going to, you know, tip the apple cart over again. So Gradual improvement can mean sometimes brighter eyes. Maybe that's just the first thing that you notice. Maybe it means more energy levels, like they're actually moving around a little bit more than they used to. It can mean that they're interacting a little bit more. And in fact, that's something that horse owners do report back to me is for the first time, my horse is talking to another horse that they never used to, or the first time my horse has greeted me at the fence, they're telling you they like what you're doing. And horses know when you have them on a good path to better health, they start feeling better whether you realize it or not. So you really look for their behavior. And some of that behavior is they're just coming to greet you. They start looking at you differently. They know that you're doing something different to help them, which makes them feel understood. And that's also a part of their emotional health too. So uh, one of the first things I want to see in a horse is just general inflammation go down if we're working on any type of metabolic issue. Uh, but I have to say that Sometimes what can happen is the very thing that we're trying to heal the most, meaning we're most desperate to get relief for or a solution for, can sometimes be the last thing to improve. So it's really important in these situations that you take the wins and that you recognize signs of better health, whether that means it's more energy, more vitality in their eyes, softer hair coat, just healthier hair coat. Maybe there's healthier hoof growth, which can take a month or two to see. But those are things that you really don't want to oversee or lose sight of. I mean, you know, you really want to say, okay, like things are moving in a better direction. So if you're working with a horse where the one thing you want to see is 
more soundness, meaning maybe they're in a chronic state of laminitis and they're tender and it's been ongoing for a long time. Just because that's not improving right this minute doesn't mean that their health isn't improving. So now is not the time to sabotage the program. When it comes to hoof health, which will be a completely other episode, you got to start looking at the trim too. You know, we can do so much with nutrition and get things moving in the right direction in a lot of different ways. But if you've got some real pathologies there in the trim that need correcting, that will be an obstacle. So it doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't working or not beneficial. There just might be another aspect that the body needs you to address. And that's just one example, but that applies to every health condition um, there is out there. And I think we have to, when we're making decisions, we have to rely on our judgment. And a lot of that comes from what we see in our horses. Like it has to be tangible. We have to see it, touch it, feel it. And sometimes we don't know what's happening inside the body. We don't know what's healing and what isn't. And so if you get too impatient with the process, sometimes we can really set ourselves back. And then you tell yourself it never worked when the horse is like, yeah, but I, I was feeling better. Like what happened here? You know, they're, like I had more energy. I, I was feeling less inflamed. And there's a lot that they can't tell you. So really rely on them and those certain indicators where their behavior changes. And I don't care how long that takes. It just means that you're on the right track. And maybe over time, it just means you, you have to keep tweaking things along the way for them. And then some horses, you don't have to do any of that. They just get better. And the owner sometimes is just really relaxed about it, which I think helps because the owner's relaxed, the horse is relaxed, and that's when real healing can happen. So I've talked a lot about the mindset stuff already uh, with this podcast, but it's something to really check in with yourself, make sure that you're calm about the journey and you're just open to just pivoting when you need to. You're not forcing anything to happen. You're just providing support in all the right ways to allow healing to occur. Your horses need that more than anything sometimes. The fourth pattern that I see is the plateau. So they'll start improving uh, right away for a little while and then they'll plateau. Humans do the same thing. So this is not new to horses. And sometimes we just have to sit there for a minute and give them time for their bodies to regulate and decide on the next step. You know, I think the body just checks in as I was talking about and just says, are you serious? Are we, are we just going to continue with this better nutrition and better lifestyle? Like, I just want to make sure you're sure before we go to the next level, because there very much is a memory in the horse's cells and just as there is in humans. And it kind of just waits sometimes because it's holding on to old patterns and when it comes to things like metabolic imbalances, whether it's insulin resistance or PPID, that information is stored in their cells. And so they're not always as easy to change, right? We, we are all resistant to change. Horses kind of hold on to previous patterns of unwellness at the same time too. So just don't be too hurried to get through that plateau and start changing everything right away. Give it time. And if there's still a plateau, then make small changes so that you can clearly see like, okay, are we kind of pulling the trigger on something new here? Are we lighting a fire under the metabolism? Are we kind of 
um, just waking it up a little bit. And sometimes you can do that by just changing food. Sometimes you can do it by changing uh, nutrition. Um, you just, it depends on the situation. So those are the four patterns I typically see. And I hope that gives you some ideas how to start thinking about them. Not any of them are bad. It's just what we have to accept as the reality for that horse. So there's immediate improvement. They get worse first. Sometimes they get worse a little bit later. Sometimes it's just gradual, one thing at a time. And it can be the last thing you are really focused on that starts improving. Um, so just because you don't see real improvement in the first 24 hours on that one thing does not mean that it's not going in that direction. And then there's the plateau where they'll get some improvement and then they'll just sort of halt there. And so sometimes that can be just the body checking in to make sure we're good. And then the improvement will continue. And sometimes it just means that we have to tweak something, whether that's diet, lifestyle, something like that. So when we're setting expectations, if we're going to be reasonable about it, we also have to look at the horse and what their health profile and status looks like today when we're starting. And unfortunately for a lot of people, this leads to some frustration because sometimes horse owners are at this for a really long time. They spent a lot of time learning. They've spent a lot of time spending money. They've spent a lot of time with their horses. And it's an emotional drain too for a lot of horse owners. And then they realize that nothing is improving and their horse is still in the same state, sometimes worse. And so they feel more hopeless at that point, And they think that that's it. That's the end of the road. There is nothing left for me to do here because I've gotten nowhere. That's not true most of the time, just so you know. Usually when some cases, there's always those hard cases. There's always cases that are, and I'll get to the reasons for that, but there's always cases where there's just been a ton of damage or a ton of pathology and then it's just a little bit more difficult to pull them out of it. And sometimes there's a question mark there where nobody's really sure what the underlying triggers are. But most times there's always something to change. There's always something that we can tweak, change. And when I'm looking at programs uh, from students just entering into my programs or I'm looking at clients' initial programs, I don't often see... A program where I think to myself, well, they've done everything here, like barely ever. So, but in your mind, that's where we start telling those stories of like, I've done everything. I've tried everything. There's just no hope here. There's nothing left for me. Uh, and it's just not always the case. But there are a lot of factors related to your horse's health profile that I want to go through with you because when you're setting expectations, we have to be realistic about where we started. And also we have to be realistic about um, how fast we expect things to turn around. So the first thing is age. And age is never an excuse for horses to be tired or sore. So I don't want to give you that impression. But age just is an indicator of how long uh, they've been unwell for, you know, like, so the longer that they've been on the planet, the more toxicity they're going to have, maybe the more stress in their lives that they're going to have. They've had a lot more ups and downs and, th and health events and things like that. So if we're approaching a 10 year old is not going to be the same as a 30 year old, 
right? We have to just be honest about that. Um, as a 30-year-old, maybe they don't have healthy teeth anymore either, right? So that's going to affect how they digest and the amount of nutrition they're getting affects their metabolic rate. Age does. It affects their ability to hold on to nutrition as well. All those things are going to change. So my expectations for a 30-year-old might be a little bit different. But that being said, sometimes we get courses that go through my program, for example, can be 30, 35 and have dealt with severe health challenges for the last 10 years. And they show the most improvement because they needed it the most. And so we have to keep that in mind too, that sometimes if their health is really struggling, no matter how old they are, because they're not getting what they need, and then they finally get it, sometimes that can lead to the biggest improvement because their body appreciates it so much. The other thing that I see a lot of, um, and this is probably going to be relevant to some of you, is how long have they been unwell for? And this is not from the date of diagnosis. So if you receive a diagnosis when they're 15 and they are now 19, and in your mind, you're thinking, well, he's only had this for three or four years. He's had this for over 10. Okay, these things don't start at the time of diagnosis. They start way, way before that. So we have to be reasonable with that and say, okay, so if the chemistry in my horse's body started shifting in an unhealthy direction at five years old, can I expect a 24-hour turnaround at 19 years old? So we've had a long time where the cells haven't been nourished enough, maybe where hormones haven't been balanced enough, where maybe their stress levels have been higher than they should have been. And all of that contributes to unwellness and disease. And so we have to be realistic about that and say, okay, so I noticed that maybe some symptoms started creeping up when they were five years old. My horse is now 19. So despite whatever diagnosis happened in the middle, my horse's health hasn't been ideal for 14 years. So let's just start with something new and just look for some of those gentle, gradual improvements. Like that's where your expectation should be because it might surprise you. They might be one of those horses that completely turn around and in three months, you don't even recognize them. And sometimes it can go a little slower. So just staying open to that possibility is what I'm saying, um, just to make things easier on yourself. Uh, the other thing you want to consider is the chronic nature of disease. So how chronic has this been? is when, what you want to ask yourself. And the real chronic issues that I see that are the most challenging are the ones that already have pathology associated with them. So that means changes in the tissue. So we might be looking at side bone, ring bone, any bone remodeling in the feet or the joints. A lot of people will come through the program and say, my horse has arthritis. What that means is there's inflammation of the joints. But is there actual degeneration? Do you know that? Because if it's just inflammation, we might be in the earlier stages. That's just something you and your vet have to talk about and get that information to really know how pathological the condition is. Once tissue starts to change, it's clinical now, which means it's going to be harder. You know, once that tissue starts to change, especially bone, it gets much, much harder. And so you have to be realistic about, are we looking for 100% recovery here or are we looking to palliate? Meaning we don't want it to get worse. And I think for 
owners of seniors, especially that uh, come come through the program or they approach me and ask me and they say, like, I just I know that he's old. I don't expect him to turn into a five year old again, but I do want to prevent any further damage. I do want to do whatever I can to support his connective tissue so that he's mobile for as long as possible. And that's just a conversation you have to have with yourself first and just say, what's my expectation here? Can we just not make this progressively worse? That might be the the goal that you have or the expectation that you have. Another chronic nature where there's some pathology is melanomas. So any type of growth on the body, melanomas, especially with the whites and the grays, because it is a genetic predisposition, right? There's some genes involved there. And whenever you have genetic predispositions to thing, and that includes PSSM. It does not mean that you're not going to get improvement. I've seen enough times where these horses come full circle and it's amazing. But it does mean that if there's genes involved, that means they are holding information for that disease and they are sending instructions to the rest of the body to hold on to that. And so that's where things like diet, nutrition, and lifestyle are paramount because They are getting a lot of their ability to express those genes through their environment, which means nourishment, nutrients, stress levels, any changes in the body's chemistry, which results from all of those things is going to affect their ability to express genes. So what we want to do is keep those genes turned off as much as we can so they're not expressing themselves. If you are ready to dive into the world of holistic horse health and all it has to offer, I invite you to join me for my 12-week online signature program, Healing Horses Zairway. This program only runs once per year, and I'm excited to announce the doors are now open to welcome the class of 2024. Registration is now open. Inside, you'll learn how to formulate natural health programs using diet, lifestyle, single nutrients, herbs, and homeopathic remedies. And this course will also empower you with the tools and confidence you need to make informed decisions and take charge of your horse's health. If you want to learn more or you're ready to register, you can look in the show notes for the links. There's one link that will take you to a page to learn more about the program and how it's run. And the other link is just to get registered right away. I can't wait to welcome you. The next thing we want to talk about, which kind of falls in line with the genes, is their constitution. And that's going to start probably in the womb. What is their constitution like? How strong are they? And I know that those of you with multiple horses can sometimes pick out the ones that have the weaker constitution, meaning they're the first ones to get allergies or the first ones to get sick. They're more sensitive to environment like colds, food allergies, right? Like they can kind of blow up if they eat the wrong thing. All of those things you want to start looking for in your horses to know where their constitution is at. It doesn't mean you can't strengthen it. There's a lot of things that you can do there, but just being aware, okay, if we're starting on something new today and this horse has a weaker constitution, how should my expectations change to accommodate that fact? And so if you have a horse with a weaker constitution, sometimes it can just take a little bit longer and take a little bit longer to get changes happening. But on the other side of that, sometimes our constitution is weak because of their nutrition. That started right when they're babies. They just never got enough. They never got enough of what they needed. So I tell you to take that with a grain of salt as well. And then, of course, 
There are certain breeds and horses, uh, depending on maybe their genes as well, that where they're just going to have a predisposition. And those horses uh, that I'm really referring to are those easy keepers that are just more predisposed to insulin resistance, PPID, and things like that. So if you have a horse, this would be an expectation, not the truth, but an expectation. So if you have a horse that's 25 years old, that has been showing signs of PPID for 15 years, and they have only been diagnosed five years ago. They're an at-risk breed. You know that their environmental factors have not been the greatest throughout their life. You should not have an expectation that you are going to see complete recovery in 72 hours. That would be an unreasonable expectation to have. But in a reasonable expectation for me to have is I want to see some change. I just want to see some change, whether it means that their body starts looking a little bit better, their energy levels are coming up. I want to see the depression lift a lot of times with the 25-year-olds, like that's something you see. I want to see inflammation go down and I don't care which order it happens in. And I don't care if it's like a complete elimination of that symptom, but I want to see improvement. Because when you start seeing improvement, you know things are going in the right direction and you know that the body's responding. So I often tell people that I want to see them get better or I want to see them get worse. (laughs) The worst situation is actually when nothing happens, (laughs) right? There's just, there's no change. And that's when you have to go to the drawing board and go, what am I missing here? Um, So for those of you that have been trying for a really long time, there's something that's just not getting addressed. Um, And sometimes that can be a real obstacle. I call it kind of an obstacle to recovery is when you could be doing a lot of things right with their nutrition, but there's one aspect of their lifestyle that is just really holding them back from getting the recovery you're looking for. And that can be anything from a source of toxicity, meaning it could be parasite infection, virus, bacteria, medication, any source of toxicity. Uh, sometimes it can be strong enough where it just halts progress. Sometimes it can be a lifestyle factor where there's something that's stressing them out so much that their body just can't find normalcy or balance anymore. And that is where emotions come into it too. So if they're upset about something or you're struggling with something in your life as well, and all they're kind of feeding off uh, from you is stress. So if you're going through something challenging, that's also going to can be a halt depending on how hard your horse is trying to take that on. And sometimes horses really get bonded and connected to your energy field and they will absolutely just halt. They'll put their health on the back burner and they'll be focused on you. And so I see that happen a lot too. So it's just being aware of those things and not putting a whole bunch of pressure on yourself to change everything in a day. And I think sometimes the best way to do it is just change one thing at a time and then just allow your horse to respond because then you're sure. So there's not all of this guessing that goes on all the time um, as well, which I think can kind of really muddy the waters. And it can also ca- uh, cause us to sabotage our plans sometimes for them. So those are kind of the patterns and factors that you have to consider when you're setting expectation for, for your horse's health journey. Uh, We all want as much recovery and as much healing as possible. That's not ever in question. But I want you to just kind of pull that back a little bit and just work on little steps here. So first of all, it's like 
can I just get any part of my horse's health to be better? And maybe that just starts with energy levels. And don't focus so much on the one thing that you want to be fixed right away, because sometimes it's often the last. So we can't base our whole plan on that. And that's very much a holistic mindset. So this is not an allopathic mindset. This is very much a holistic mindset where we're looking at the whole body. We're looking at the whole health profile before we are making guarantees about health, right? We can't make guarantees, but we can do a lot to get things moving in the right direction. So despite all of those things that I'm telling you, and with everything that we know, there are some horses that just defy all the rules and expectations. And so as I mentioned, that can mean the 30-year-old that just completely transforms their health. They look different. They act different. It's like they're 15 again. There's those situations. And then there's some situations where that look to be very straightforward. And everybody's a little bit perplexed because the horse isn't getting better, even though they're young enough and a lot of changes have been made in the diet department. They're getting more nutrition. Stress has come down and they're stalled somehow. And sometimes that means there's an underlying condition or imbalance that's sitting there that nobody knows about or nobody's addressing. Um, and sometimes, that, well, that's usually most of the time what happens is there's something being missing. And sometimes it means that there's an actual deficiency for that horse that isn't being addressed as well. And sometimes it can mean there's a source of toxicity uh, that isn't being addressed, or maybe they're not able to eliminate toxicity very well either. There can be a lot of reasons for that. But those cases happen too, where that horse just won't move forward with their health despite tons of positive improvements to their profile. But it doesn't mean you give up. It just means you got to look a little bit deeper and don't forget about their emotional health as well. So at the end of the day, what we want to do is just really stay open to the possibility and focus on what you want to have happen instead of what's not happening fast enough. And I think that's just something we all have to remind ourselves for, whether it's for ourselves or for our horses, just stay focused on what you want to have happen. And then every single day, take steps to get there and take your small wins too. Meaning if they're moving better now, even though they're not 100%, like it's better than they were. Another thing I want to mention too is you are never going to go backwards with better nutrition for ourselves or for our horses. And so I know sometimes it can feel like work to give our horses more nutrition and get all this organized for their diet and lifestyle, but it is a lifestyle for them. And if it wasn't for the domestic lifestyle, they wouldn't want for anything because they would have whatever they needed available to them. They could go find it. And it's the confines of the domestic world that really limit their ability to manage stress levels the way they need to, to find food that they want, to get the nutrition they need, and sometimes to find the medicine too, right? Like they use plants for medicine. And so all the things that you're doing, regardless of what's happening in their profile, whether it's getting better or how fast it's getting better, you are never going to make a horse worse by adding more nutrition to their plan and reducing stress levels. So just find solace in that, even though I know that for a lot of us, there can be some frustration when things don't move quick enough, or you're just not getting the results that you set out for. And we kind of go back in our heads and think this has all been for nothing. It hasn't been for nothing. 
they still need nutrition. And so sometimes what happens if you've selected some nutrients and you're not noticing a quick response or a quick turnaround, maybe they're looking for something else, but it doesn't mean that one nutrient isn't benefiting them. So just because you don't see it. So I wanted to leave you with that as well. And then some things that you can control as well. So things that we can control for our horses that will really help guide this process to be as quick, I'm not going to say quick, but as effective as it can be, is commitment. And the first thing that there are certain qualities about how an owner approaches their horse's health that I know right away, like you have the best chance of getting this horse back to good health again. And one of them is commitment to the plan. Like they're just committed. Whatever plan that is, they are just saying, we are doing this and we're going to give it our best shot. If you're not committed, what that looks like is you've got sort of you're dabbling over here and you've, you're doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but there's no real commitment to a structured approach. And that's important. No matter what health issue you're dealing with, you have to give it a good shot. You can't just start one thing for a week and not get improvement and jump to something else or start working with a different practitioner, for example. So chopping around between practitioners, everybody's got different experience. Everybody's got uh, sort of a different skill set. And so if you're jumping around too quick, your horse knows that too. And me and Lizzie talked about that in last week's episode that whatever you're doing, give it a good chance before leaving and, and going off course. The approach you take is probably the most important. And I think if what you're doing isn't working, like if you're not seeing a nudge in several months with what you're doing, then yes, you need to start exploring other options. You need to start learning about what else is out there, make some changes. But I also think it's important to be reasonable with whatever approach you're using. So for example, if you have a horse that's been diagnosed with insulin resistance, for example, and let's say they've had their first acute um, episode of laminitis, and I use that example a lot just because it's, you know, the most common out there. And then you start using red light on the feet and you are not getting any other changes to the rest of the body. It doesn't mean the red light's bad. Red light offers a tons of benefits. But if you're just relying on red light to fix a problem that's caused by diet and lifestyle, that is going to set you up for some disappointment because you're never going to get the full recovery that you might see if you're correcting diet, if you're correcting lifestyle and using the red light for the inflammation at the same time. So Whatever your approach is, make sure it's suitable for the situation and it aligns with the underlying cause of the disease. Another example of that would be homeopathy for laminitis. I love homeopathy. It offers tremendous benefit to a lot of different situations for horses. But if I'm working with a horse that has obvious pathology in their feet, meaning there's lamellar wedges, maybe, maybe some bone remodeling already happening. They've been diagnosed with PPID. There is a lot I'm going to put in place for that horse. I'm not just going to rely on a homeopathic remedy to fix all of those things because the 
underlying causes of those issues started with a lot of things that can be an obstacle to homeopathy, meaning too much toxicity, perhaps some food allergies, stress levels, like all of those things. So while you can use homeopathy to support some of it, that is not going to be my primary approach. And if we think that one remedy is going to fix all of that in 72 hours, we're also going to be setting ourselves up for disappointment. So the approach you take, the commitment you have, consistency as well. So we have to be honest with ourselves here. Like how consistent are we being with our plan? Are we putting things in place and doing it as many times a week as we can? Are we doing it for a week and then not doing it for three and then coming back and doing it again for a week and then saying to ourselves, well, there's no improvement. So I might as well just quit altogether. That's something we do for ourselves often, right? That whole self-sabotage piece. And so be honest with yourself about the consistency because it is depending on your horse and how chronic the issue is, how serious it is, you're going to need more consistency for those more serious chronic cases. You just are. So as many days a week as you can implement um, their mash or their feed program or get them moving lifestyle changes. Um, And it doesn't mean that if you can't do it 100% of the time, all the time that you're not going to get changes, you will, but it will reflect the speed at which you get them. Um, And the same is true for humans. So if I say to myself, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar for three days a week, I um, but I'm going to eat it for four days a week, I'm not going to get the same results if I just cut it out altogether, let's be honest. Um, So the same is true for our horses. So Making sure that consistency is there. You don't need to practice perfection. I think a lot of horse owners really get down on themselves for not being perfect enough and not getting out there every day. And don't put yourself through that. It doesn't need to be that hard for you. It just means that when you start, you just say to yourself, okay, I am going to commit to three times a week to start. And we're just going to see. And if my horse doesn't change, I'm not going to pull the plug on it. I'm just going to say, okay, can I get there for Like how many times a week can I get them moving? Can I do this for 10 or 15 minutes, four times a week? Can I just do that? And just make it easy on yourself too, because sometimes if it gets too overwhelming for us, it's just, we just abort the plan. The other thing we can control is the amount of learning that we do. So how much of a participant are we in the journey? And I know that there's a lot of horse owners that embrace the learning, they embrace the knowledge, they're hungry for it. um, And it's just part of who that owner is um, deep down. And then there's horse owners that just, they don't really want to be spending their time researching and learning all of this. And I wish it could be different, but the more you participate and the more you learn about who your horses are and what they require to be healthy, the better chance you have of avoiding health issues. So preventing them successfully and also doing the right things when your horse needs it. And that's just the reality of it. And I think, and me and Lizzie, Dr. Lizzie McCready last week talked about this, you know, like the more knowledge you have, the more stronger foundation you have, the better you're going to be set up for any crisis that happens in the future it makes it easy on everybody. Like the money you invest in yourself for learning and taking courses and doing all of that will get you much further ahead than waiting for a crisis to happen 
and then not, and then you're having to take time to find your options. Um, and by then the crisis has happened. It's always harder to pull your horses out of it than it would be just to practice prevention and just to get ahead of it while you can. So I left with a lot this week. I was been thinking about all these things uh, over the last week because I'm coming into a new year too. And I want to start offering all of you more uh, in this podcast and also through my courses. And with every year, I learn more too. The horses are always teaching me. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And again, if you are interested in taking my free webinar series called Become Your Horse's Healer, that will kick off mid-February, but I'll be releasing details to sign up before that. So you can look for that in your email. So if you scroll to the bottom of the show notes, there's an opt-in page there you can hit. You can click that, sign up for my email, and you'll also be notified of the podcast too. So every week I send out emails with the podcast topic and what we're, what we're talking about. So Happy New Year to all of you and your horses, and thanks for tuning in. 